the sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark, I cannot see. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker of Elkins Consulting. Many of my clients reach out to me because they're in transition. Their children are hitting milestone ages. They want more from their work. They're hitting a big number birthday. And they want to develop clarity about their natural strengths, what their next adventure might look like. In this series, you'll hear me ask my guests questions to dig deeply into the stories that shaped their lives, stories that uncover patterns and may unveil insights into dissatisfaction and also where their strengths lie and where they found and continue to find joy. This podcast's intention is to have listeners think of their own related stories and how they tell them, discovering the internal messages that are limiting their success and discovering how to shift their stories so they become positive life lessons to move them forward. If you're curious about what it would be like to work with me, visit elkinsconsulting.com and schedule a one-time 90-minute StrengthsFinder session. This week's episode of Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will, features Karen Elkins-Cohen, my sister. Enjoy! Sometimes, we don't know that it's time to move on to a new opportunity. We may love the work we're doing or the organization in which we're doing it. This podcast episode is for times when things are not so clear. I was scheduling yet another mediation between an employee and her supervisor. In fact, this employee wanted HR to be present whenever they met, believing that he was giving her unreasonable work. The first meeting seemed to go well. He conveyed his frustration that she wasn't completing the tasks he designed as he wanted them done, and she expressed frustration that she was unclear about his expectations. But every time he met with her to provide more explanation, she became defensive and insisted on needing HR intervention. If you request HR intervention more than once, it may be time to find a new supervisor. This can be within the same organization, in which case HR may be able to guide you to other opportunities, or it may be outside the organization, which is what happened in this case. In another situation, a friend forwarded me emails between her and her supervisor. She was a department head, raising concerns about some sales numbers, and he was shrugging her off without explaining why he made changes to her forecast. He was continually dismissive, and she became insubordinate. I coached her that she needed to keep her communication with this person respectful, whether or not he deserved her respect, but that ultimately he was always going to treat her with contempt and she needed to move on. My next story is about a person who lacked the humility to be taught or coached. I place the competency of humility above all else, because if you're someone who can never be wrong, you're probably also someone who can't develop as an employee. My favorite interview question gets directly to that point, asking, tell me about a a mistake you made at work. How did you discover the mistake? What was done to fix it? What did you learn from it? Anyone who has held a job has made a mistake at some point. My least favorite responses are when the candidate tells me a story about how someone else was at fault for their mistake. Something like, I was new to the role and was trained to do X, but it turns out I was supposed to do Y. Not a helpful example, but revealing about the person's inability to acknowledge and learn from mistakes. Another time when I asked a candidate this question, she told me a story about HR compliance, and I thought her course of action was correct. When I explained this to her, she said it was a mistake because her supervisor told her she was wrong, not because she genuinely believed that. 
To evaluate a candidate's humility, I must know that they believed they made a mistake and genuinely learned from it. On the flip side, please never say, oh, I make mistakes all the time. In a job interview, just one is sufficient. Now back to that individual who lacked humility. Her supervisor began forwarding emails between them. He had asked her to do a particular task, and in response, she described tasks she'd already accomplished that weren't her responsibility. When she applied for a job outside of his department and didn't get it, our practice was for someone from HR to let the person know why and to discuss development opportunities so they may be promoted in the future. When I spoke to this employee, she told me she felt she wouldn't get an offer and was totally fine with the decision because she believed she was due to be promoted within her own department. I knew, based on conversations with her supervisor, that she was absolutely not on a promotion track. But because she lacked any sort of humility, the coaching her supervisor provided was passing her by. She fervently believed she was an expert in her work tasks, who did them correctly, despite her supervisor's clear direction. Well, sometimes I need to coach managers to provide more explicit instructions. But in this case, the manager was incredibly clear and direct. As you can see, this employee needed to move on. The second sign that you should start looking for a new job is when the schedule doesn't work for you. There are two reasons for tardiness that tell me it's time for a change. The first is disengagement. When I was in college, I worked at a men's clothing store. I'd worked at one location in high school and then found another near my university. The culture at the store near my university was much more competitive than the one near my high school, even though we never received commission. I found myself arriving late to work all the time. I hated the job because we didn't have the same camaraderie as the other store. Eventually, they simply took me off the schedule. There was never a discussion from the store manager ending my employment. I simply called to get my schedule and was told I wasn't on it. I was disappointed, but relieved. As an adult, I look back at the experience and ask myself, I dreaded going to work. Why didn't I quit and find a new job? Maybe because I had never had to do that before. If you find yourself continually late to work, ask yourself if you're dreading the work, the environment, your supervisor, or if there's a different reason. The second reason for tardiness is that the schedule genuinely doesn't work for your life. A few years ago, I had an employee who commuted a far distance from the office. She had a short window to drop off her kids at school, and because of the horrendous traffic, she was never at the office by nine, which was the general manager's expectation. Here's an important side note. I was her supervisor. The general manager was not. He chided her daily when she arrived, and she'd check in with me to gauge my frustration. I was not in the least bit frustrated by her arrival time and told her so. She made calls on her drive and was available to me and the staff 24-7. She was incredibly capable and wonderful at her job and didn't have a role that required her presence at a certain time. She was a spectacular employee and I loved being her manager, but I encouraged her to find a position closer to her home so she wasn't on the road for two to three hours each day. My third and final story is about conflict with leadership. I worked in an organization where I was the first female executive in the company's 45-year existence. 
The general manager and I were always at odds. I'd make a recommendation. He'd put up barriers. My personal strategy in human resources has always been to find out what's working and fit compliance into it. Creating a procedure in the name of compliance is unsustainable, which means I was always trying to fit compliance into the organizational procedures and getting pushback. After I left, the HR manager told me that the CEO said they need to find someone like me who would fight the GM. I told the manager that I don't know of anyone in HR who wants to show up at work each day to fight. The final straw was when I was flying to Colorado for my brother's 50th birthday. I checked my email when I landed and saw a message from the CEO saying that when I returned, we needed to talk about some concerns he had about HR that had been brought to his attention. Feeling frustrated that I'd begun a short vacation with this hovering over me, I asked for clarification. As we drove to the rental house, I received a response saying that the GM had complained of HR working in a silo. It was over that weekend. It was over that weekend that I decided it was time to move on. If the CEO believed I was doing a good job, and all indications were that he did, I needed two things for him. Don't email me as I left on vacation indicating that I might be in trouble, and two, defend me to the GM. There have been several times when I speak to a supervisor who says, a person complained about my employee, so I need to tell the employee, right? Not necessarily. You're the supervisor. It's your job to observe your employee's performance and provide guidance on what you see. I'm not saying that you disregard others' complaints, but it's important to take a broad view and not throw your folks under the bus immediately if someone complains. If the CEO had asked the GM for specifics about HR operating as a silo, he could have spoken to me when I got back. Instead, I was left to realize that the GM would always make vague complaints and we'd always be fighting. I'd never had an interaction with someone like that before, and later, I realized it was because I'd never been a woman with as much authority before. If you can't get along with a member of leadership and your supervisor is unable to support you, no matter how much you adore the organization, your team, or your supervisor, it's probably time to move on. We're at the end of February, and the year is 2022. It's an employee's market. So if you're not getting along with your boss, your schedule doesn't work, or you're having a conflict with someone in leadership, it may be time to explore options that fit better for you. Curious to see more of what I share? Connect with me on LinkedIn. The link is in the show notes on elkinsconsulting.com. Thank you. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.